0: Hey, welcome to the Jungle Brothers Podcast. It's Joey here. Today, I'm joined by Paul and Serge to go deep on coaching. Before we jump into that, I have a favor to ask of you. We put these episodes out once a week with the idea to share enlightening conversations with you. And I don't ask anything in exchange for that, except for one simple gesture for you that goes a really long way for us. And that is to simply subscribe or to follow This podcast on whichever platform you listen to it to. It goes a really long way for us and I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Let's jump into the episode. Yeah, the metal filter on what's your, what's the vessel? What's the machine you're using? Oh, okay. So you're, oh, wait. Oh, it's a Breville filter.
1: No, no I've got my Breville Espresso machine Yeah I've got my Eureka <laughs> Mignon Specialita Grinder oh. Yeah That was uh, That was a big investment But well worth it More than the coffee machine I take More it More than the coffee machine yeah. yeah The coffee machine we got from Closer on that bad boy for me there you go. The coffee machine we got from Facebook Marketplace Second hand yep. $500 And as I said We bought the, the grinder Brand spanking new how much and was the grinder? We got it on special. You know what we were talking about before we got on air about how I'm trying to be more assertive? Yeah. Yeah. I was assertive with the grinder. It was retailing for $1,000. When I saw it on the internet, it was $800. And so I asserted my point and we got it for $800. Uh, you went into a store? I went into a store. Spoke to a person? Spoke to a person believe it or not like yeah. people in stores you can just, just yell use. at the computer yeah
0: you're yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, like I saw this shit for
1: $800 correct what's doing and um, I was actually disappointed because it was very easy I was full prepared to go in all guns blazing stand my ground should have gone lower I should have gone lower but $800 bargain and I use it every time I get the chance
0: yeah okay yeah so, and that's where you use the metal filter no, the metal filter. Sorry, that was the espresso. Yeah, that was the grinder. Where do you use the metal filter? This is what I want to get to.
1: Um, where do I use it? Yeah, like what What filter is this? It's, I don't know. I, I, I haven't put as much intentionality into the metal filter as I have into but the- But it
2: goes into a drip coffee. Correct. Setup. Right. And what is that? Drip coffee. Is it a- it's little drip thing Yeah it's similar Just to yours
1: Like yeah. this Like the and Master Correct Okay Who do you need a shout out again This is where you do it right Panivore That's the one
0: That's what we'll get into <laughs> Big shout out to the <laughs> tree. So what Tree does Which is This is epic right is our coffee sponsor Pagewood Cafe I go Tree I go there most Fridays For breakfast with the guys I train with in the morning And uh, And then Tree says You need coffee for the show I say yes please And he says How many guests So there's three so then he weighs the coffee oh, wow. and he measures the water to the perfect ratio, and he gives me the container of coffee and a glass jug of the water. And wow. he's like, "Put the coffee, rinse, put the coffee in, put the water, press start. Don't do anything else." Like he's he's extremely um, he's meticulous, but he also keeps the process very simple and repeatable. Mm. That's his secret. Because when I post about it on Instagram. People will often give me tips like, oh, you should wet the filter first or, you know, you should put the water, like, keep the thing closed, let the water cover the ground, stir them a little bit, then let it... He's like, no, 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 because that that's all variables. Mm. So he's like, rinse, coffee, water on, walk away. He gives w- water? Yeah, the glass, that glass, like, milk jug up there.
2: Right, I didn't even realise He that.
0: measures it out. So, but, you know, because he's he's, like, calculating... You know, what's the perfect cup? How many grams of coffee does that need? How much water has to go through it? The fucking golden ratio right here. It,
1: it kind of sounds like training. Oh. You put a video of a squat up and it's just you squatting and you're doing your thing. But then everyone's on the interwebs going like your left finger is slightly misplaced. <laughs> and it's like variables, variables, variables. But the point is you're lifting heavyweight. I squatted today. You squatted today.
0: Yeah. Shut up, you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We want to get caught up in the details often, don't we?
1: It's very, very attractive too. particularly yeah. for, for someone like myself, I would say. And sometimes, God forbid, it stops me from actually squatting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, actually, I like that as, um, as
0: a message that I've been seeing lately from... Range of Strength. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, is it Atlas Power Shrugged? I don't know if, do you follow either of those guys on I Instagram? The, I do
1: not. Do I, I try and keep my following very, 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 very refined. It okay. could me to spend less time on Instagram. That's
0: fair, fair. I, I think you'd like both of those okay, cats. Okay, okay. Paul, do you follow both of them? Did you say Barbell Shrugged? No, Atlas Power Shrugged. Uh, uh, and what was the other one? Range of Strength. Yeah, I follow Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I follow Aaron, right. But they've been pushing like this message lately of like the message is stop fucking analyzing the shit out of your technique and working on your back squat for the next two years and just fucking back squat Mm -hmm. and it's like doesn't like it doesn't matter doesn't matter back position bracing perfectly they're like yes you got to have those things but there's a point where you just have to fucking squat if you want to get stronger and put on muscle and I can definitely vibe with that because I know what it's like to constantly be reviewing your technique and looking for the inefficiencies. And it's a good thing to do, but as we all know, it's like, well, how much time do you put into identifying the inefficiencies mm. before you just do the work, you know, do the heavy work? Yeah. And,
2: what, and what are you trying to achieve? Like, what are you doing it for? Yeah. It's really important.
0: And I think often for us in the coaching game, you're kind of trying to achieve technical perfection because you want to impress your other coach mates or not you're not even trying to impress them you're concerned that someone's going to be oh hey man don't know if anyone's giving you this feedback but
2: you know like you're worried that someone's going to
0: See you to be like a low standard. It's so true, isn't it?
2: As I put a post up of me doing my first Olympic lifting session in ages, first thing I wrote was, "I haven't spent a lot of time on Olympic <laughs> lifting before and I was like, "This is fucking classic," and I got to put it in there just yeah. so people know. Yeah, my balance isn't yep. right, and yeah, <laughs> right classic, right? Yeah, it's, it's exactly
0: the classic. The classic movement one is, um, got this. Now time to clean it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And it's like, just letting you guys unlocked. know that I know it's not perfect. Yeah, unlocked. unlocked. Now time to clean it up. <laughs>
1: You're like, shut the fuck up. That's a cool mantra. That guy. That's a cool mantra.
0: Unlocked, now time to clean it up. Yeah, got this, now to clean it up. It is. That's cool. It is. It came from a good place. But I dig it's, that. But it's now become a calling card of any movement person that, that achieves a new milestone. So it's like, unlock the 60 second handstand. Yeah.
1: Now time to clean it up. So can I recycle that in a CrossFit setting and like... People won't know what I'm talking about. And, and you, will, and fucking, start you will become a thought leader in oh. this space. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, bro, take it there. Mm. No, it's, it's great, right? Like it's it speaks to the right thing. Mm. But, um, but it kind of is also like it highlights this concern that we all have about what others will say.
1: Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, look, to your point, I agree with you. There's a conversation I was having last week about uh, if you're putting... Clients into two boxes, which you should always do because generally very simple people, right? That's sarcasm sarcasm for (laughs) the listeners out there. Um, Generally, uh, we find people are biased towards like the action, the doing, like the let's just get on the bar and go. And then we have people in the other camp which are biased to overanalyzing and thinking about where their left pinky toe is. So it's like, I think as a coach, you make an assessment as to which direction your client is biased, if they are like a overdoer or overthinker, and then you do the opposite to effectively get the most out of that session and the person. So for someone who is like rigorously overanalyzing their Olympic lifting, you go, hey bro, like just get under it and move fast. And then for the person who just like yanks at it from the floor and has no intention or awareness about their body, you go, hey man, like just place your hands evenly on the bar Pay attention to where they're sitting and then go. So I think it's like, it depends on the person and like everyone in this room knows that coaching is very nuanced and we probably all know that. I think that the message probably resonated with us because maybe we are biased to overthinking things. And that's kind of what makes us coaches because it's like, it's kind of our job to think about these sorts of nuanced positions.
2: Mm. Is that accurate? Yeah,
0: absolutely. That's a great point. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of what you're saying there. Really, it's the same as cueing, isn't it? You, you're, you're often giving someone a, a, an instruction that is beyond where they need to be, but because they're so far in the opposite direction, you're just trying to return them to a center. Mm. Like the classic knees out thing. It's like if someone's knees are going, and you say knees out, they're probably going to arrive at somewhere that's in the middle. So it's kind of the same as that conceptually.
1: Mm, 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 mm. Yeah. And coffee's the same. Like I said, to bring right back to na- that analogy, I spent on a morning off 48 minutes making a single espresso.
0: Holy shit. Yeah. Is this because Matthew Fraser is a big inspiration of no, yours? No, it's definitely not. I know he's fin- he's he's all into his espresso. He is
1: into his sp- espresso, yeah. Yeah, he is. Um, but you, you do it differently. No, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm I'm not like Matt. Um, Did you hear what happened
0: to Matt? Go on. He ruptured his ACL, tore his meniscus, blew his knee out <laughs> in a jujitsu warm-up. <laughs>
2: That was a little while ago, eh? <laughs> yeah. How about that? Did that you find it funny? I fucking... I was like, <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Someone... <laughs> you shared that the with The fittest me man <laughs> on the
0: planet. <laughs> yes. For five years running or whatever it was. I'm like, holy shit. It just, you would have loved that. Uh, oh. you know, No, like, you know, full fucking like... Uh, uh, we, you know, I'm sure he's probably most of the way through a great recovery now. And
2: <laughs> we need to put <laughs> an ad campaign out with his story as central to the copy. As appealing to... Appealing to being (laughs) (laughs) well-rounded. I mean, look at this fucking guy.
0: (laughs) Bambi. Wild, right? I mean, it just speaks to the the specificity of things. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, you can just have all of this capacity and then still just fucking some random stuff happens and your knee blows (laughs) out. (laughs) That's,
1: man, you see it all the time with CrossFitters. Like, are you actually coordinated or are you just really good at replicating a certain movement pattern? I mean, is that... It's kind of what coordination is now well i i mean it in in the broad sense of coordination like do you actually have really good body awareness yeah or if right. you just become really good at hitting a ball to a particular point on the wall and replicating that for 120 reps which i think that most crossfitters do and i i say that not from a judgmental perspective but just from an observational it's like occasionally in our gym we'll throw in a workout like we had one yesterday with sandbag get-ups reverse burpees What's a reverse burpee? It's basically you roll backwards, like in a backwards tuck. Yep. And then you use that momentum that you generate backwards to come roll forwards again and come up to a stand. Ah, uh, yep. Yeah. So it's like, it's a kind of weird movement, Candlestick, right?
2: candlestick. Roll. Candlestick. Poor <laughs> man's version. Please go on, CrossFitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the same thing, different <laughs> names,
1: yeah. different perspectives. The, what is it called, sorry?
0: Uh, candlestick roll is that same action. Yep. But instead of being in a tuck You open out to a hollow shape Okay And you like dry, you Point toes towards like a the ceiling stick. Yeah and then you roll back to the feet
2: You know what I'm going to do jump. next week
1: <laughs> <laughs> We program best exercise. No, 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 I'm just going to call it Like a candlestick roll And everyone's going to show up And be like What the
0: fuck's that Oh <laughs> the is next It's so hard
1: Yeah
0: <laughs> Oh I love that So okay um, yeah, go candlestick, on. Roll. candlestick roll Candlestick roll um, Sandbag
1: get up Is on the shoulder In a bear hug position
0: in, Oh wow okay cool Yeah
1: yeah yeah um uh, sandbags over the shoulder and those three movements are kind of novel and different because they're not necessarily predicated on a linear movement pattern and you see how many people really struggle with that like a burpee is quite simple it's like sprawl and then stand up but a reverse burpee predicates this like ankle range of motion uh uh, predicates that you kind of have an awareness of your body in space as you're tucking and rolling upside down yeah, 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 Hips exactly. Over shoulders. Absolutely. So,
2: arse over tit, we call it. Yeah, yep. yeah, okay.
1: I'm, I'm learning GP new things. I'm learning new things. <laughs> I'm going to take these back to the CrossFit gym. And <laughs> <laughs> guys are in for an interesting next week. Um, but yeah, the, the point is, it's, um, as I said, you expose people to these these movements, which are seemingly simple, but because they're different, they really struggle with them. And you're like, okay, do you actually have well rounded athletic capability? Or you just become exceptionally skilled at replicating a movement like a snatch, which is very skilled. But after a while, becomes super specific. And I suppose if poor Matty boy knew that, <laughs> he wouldn't have to go through this lengthy uh, lengthy process. Might have made it to a two stripe white belt status.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, it's it, yeah, it's a really good point you make. I guess there's a case for coordination is is a learned is a learned skill. But there definitely are people who naturally possess greater natural body coordination. Mm. They're the people that you can show them something or teach them something and they pick it up pretty quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But 48 minutes to make a coffee. That's been my record so far. So why so long? Because espresso and your friend that you shouted out before will know this with coffee is it's exceptionally nuanced. Like you weigh out the beans, you weigh out the water, You wanna make sure those variables are consistent. And then you've got the grind as well, which needs to be adjusted depending on the day because the external temperature can affect the grind. So every day you're tweaking these variables. And this morning I had the morning off, so I really wanted to get the perfect espresso. And so I'd make one and it wasn't perfect. And I was like, oh, that's too bad, I need to adjust the grind, make another one. And you make three or four, and this is what happened that morning. I made three or four and then I started getting really frustrated. And then I forgot to top up the machine with water. And so it's like, you overlook that. And then you've got to do it again. And it was kind of like this, turned into this meditative process. And at the end of it, it was like, I didn't make the perfect coffee. I made a good coffee, but it was like- Was it better than all the others? It was better than all the others. It was better than all the others. It was kind of worth it.
0: Was there a sunk cost bias involved there? A what, sorry? Sunk cost bias. What does that mean? Whereby you had just sunk 45 minutes into making coffees. <laughs> And so you're like, this one's definitely going to be a good one. <laughs> and then you get there, oh,
1: that's the one. Well, now that I
0: know that, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so you were like making
1: these, sip it, nah, tip yeah, it out? Man. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I respect that. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a practice, isn't it? And like, the point is not to be perfect, the point is to be better and apply. Effort and intent to your task. And like, once again, it's like you might not ever hit the perfect back squat. It doesn't mean you just like hit a shitty one and go, yeah, that'll do me for the day. Like, try and be better. Try and do a good back squat. Yeah. Then when you've, you know, spent a good 48 minutes on it, (laughs) maybe not 48, but the point is, like I said, it shouldn't absolve you of the responsibility to like try. And to circle back to the previous point around like, let's get under the bar and move, it's like, yeah, but like still have the intent to move well. Still have the intent to give your best effort. Uh, and like a guy that I kind of go back and forth with in the training space has given me this great analogy about sometimes it's like shoveling a big pile of dirt. Some days you use a spoon, some days you use a shovel. So it's like, you still got to dig the thing. And once again, some days you're not going to be effective. So you, you're using a spoon. You got a couple of little, you know, spoonfuls and you're like, cool, I've, I've trained for the day and that's where I'm at. And then other days, it's like you get the freaking bulldozer in and you're like, man, I'm killing it. But it, as I said, shouldn't stop you from training and shouldn't stop you from trying to, you know, shovel the dirt. So it's a really appropriate analogy, I think, for both coffee and for training. There's so many parallels. Maybe that's why I like it. <laughs> Maybe that's why Fraser likes it. Was
0: it rewarding for you to Absolutely. spend that time? Okay. Absolutely. I think that, yeah, that, I think that's a, you know... If, because maybe with the training analogy yeah. the, the dirt shoveling It's like oh, Dirt shoveling kind of sucks Like fuck Sometimes I You know what I mean? Yeah Whereas but, but if that process is inherently rewarding Even when it's not as fruitful Maybe from session
1: this session Compared to another one It's still worth well, doing Well We can keep going with this analogy It's like the kind of Most of us just want a good cup of coffee yeah. Is that fair? Yeah Yeah or a good cup of coffee But sometimes I need a time cap <laughs> You do need a time cap And, and that's totally reasonable But what I'm going to communicate is like We want the end product of the good cu- cup of coffee Just like we want the end product of the six pack abs Or the 110 kilo cleaner jerk Right yep. But it's like the actual practice is the shoveling of the, the dirt The actual practice is like me adjusting the grind Measuring the beans Weighing the water All that stuff same as training it's like the practice is you know refining the back squat and like working on your mobility it's like the end product is a hundred kilo thing that's what we all want that's what we all look towards but if all we're focused on is that and we're not doing the practice element then we're never going to get there and it's like i like the practice and not a lot of people do which is fine and very reasonable but you kind of can't have one without the other Unless you pay someone to make the coffee for you You can't pay someone to get you a six pack though Yeah so where does that
0: fit in then To the to the analogy what, You know going to a coffee shop I think ordering it's one? time
1: efficiency Like You could pay someone to make you really good coffee And you would save a lot of time
2: Are you not Paying someone To help coach you yeah. Shovel the dirt Okay yeah. man Nice rotational action there. <laughs> hey, maybe we should try the other side to keep it balanced out. Mm. Oh, you don't look a bit tired there, so maybe use the spoon today. Doing a great job, mate. Mm.
1: Yeah, well, that's a, that's the time efficiency thing, isn't it? It's like, you, but you've still got to shovel the thing You've still the got of to the shovel the it. You yeah. just save a bit of time when you hire a coach who's a, an exceptional communicator and who can like kind of read if you're an overdoer or overthinker, and goes, "Hey, man, like Paulie said, let's balance out those those sides." Get some candlestick rolls done.
2: <laughs> I'm still marveling at the 42 minutes. 48, Eight? 48. 48 minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's something else. Because mm. I just we just prior to recording, I was talking about pod coffee, which is kind of the fucking complete opposite. <laughs> so I'm sitting here feeling a little guilty. Yeah, um, but also I made like, like a bit of a bad boy. <laughs> yeah, I'm bad. <laughs> like fuck that. I have got a pod, and the idea was that. Um, You know, sometimes I need to use this technique so that I can, you know, make time for other things. This morning I didn't spend 48 minutes. I made two kids sandwiches, put some washing (laughs) on, (laughs) made a cup of tea and ran out the door. Um, So 48 minutes seems like a lifetime ago for me, but I completely appreciate it.
1: I have a question for you, gentlemen, and it relates. You can both do ring muscle-ups. Um, I practically invented the (laughs) shit What's your current training goal, Paulie? Do you have this spring routine I've noticed on the board?
2: Oh, fuck, that's old Okay I wouldn't say that I don't still want that Like, I still want that It's quite old, that one Went in a different direction This year um, The only physical goal that I have That I set At the turn of the Year is to compete This year Cool I think I said compete twice Actually Um We just clicked over The first of June mm-hmm. And That came back to me On the first of June I was like Holy shit My annual goals Let's check this out again Um So that's it Compete And That means jiu-jitsu Because it's kind of The easiest thing to access Yep I just want to compete this year Yep
1: Let's imagine That The ring routine Is still relevant though For sure. the sake of this example Um it was some pretty fancy stuff Like you had rolls And you kind of You had a ring muscle yeah, up The basics here At Jungle there. Brothers But go on <laughs> <laughs> You had a ring muscle up Embedded in there somewhere Yeah yeah. Like yep. there's certain aspects of it So to someone like me The ring muscle up Is the good coffee mm. So I'll just like Get the pod To get the ring muscle up But to you You've got this like Extravagant ring routine Which like Embeds The ring muscle up Slash the good coffee In there and it's like i haven't put in anywhere anywhere near as much time to developing my um, competence on the rings as you i still want good coffee so i'll do like a ring muscle up every once in a while because i value good coffee but you're much more versed and practicing all those nuances on the rings. so it's like yeah it's a it's a product of time and intent we still want the same things though Yeah, yeah. Does that analogy
2: make sense? Yeah, I get it. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, like it's relative to the person's kind of reality and their goals and where they're at. Mm. So you want a coffee, I want a coffee. But what I understand is coffee and what you understand a coffee might be different because of where I'm currently standing.
1: Yeah, I'm getting the pod equivalent of a ring muscle up. Yeah. You're getting the 48 minute. Equivalent Ooh. of the ring muscle up with your ring routine. Same goal, very different process and practice.
0: But wait, but that's saying then that your training goal of the muscle up is inferior in nature to his training goal of the ring whoa, routine. Oh, well,
2: assuming that pod coffee yeah, is hotness sex, that's a big assumption, <laughs> Joseph.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but let's call a spade a spade here, gentlemen. <laughs> but I'm just, because my point is, is that what we're saying? Because if we are, those two things are both as valuable in the context of the individual who's chasing them.
1: Yeah. Well, Paulie was saying the pod is sometimes valuable in the context of his morning. So, yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, right. So well, they are of equal value. They are of equal value.
2: Well, you get the buzz. You get the From buzz. Both, yeah, From just both p- options. Yeah. You just kind of. Consume it or make you it differently. You just, you just dry wretch off the pod. <laughs> Not when you put you, full cream the milk show in. Show like those i kind of all sponsorship. <laughs> Sorry, thickened cream. Yeah, look at that that cream in there. So uh, there's no draining. It's like a dessert for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, see, I like I I
0: will invest in coffee and I will take time to go to the best if I'm in a different town or whatever as I'm sure you guys do you, you'll Google the best place yeah. ask for recommendations go there get the mm-hmm. coffee you know mm-hmm. it's great maybe buy some beans whatever <laughs> have the nice things at home The gr- I got a nice grinder you know hand grinder that I you know take a lot of pride in using but I'll also pump a like a Makona like if I'm you know whatever like not at home but like if we're out like at the farm or something I'll pump a Makona first thing in the morning because yeah. it's just fucking delicious yeah and perfect and it's instant you know like it actually is so you know what's that uh, am i, I am i bouncing so between deep, <laughs> being a good man oh, yeah. and being a piece of shit <laughs>
1: i i think it speaks to having realistic expectations as as trainers and and athletes ourselves and i was sharing this with joey earlier this morning about how um there is a particular group in our gym that have kind of strayed off the beaten path of the program and they're kind of doing their own thing downstairs and my expectation is that people come to our gym to do the program and to be coached by people like myself and so I had built up this story in my head about how they were assholes and they didn't like me or whatever and it was kind of immature in hindsight and since then i've kind of taken a little bit of ownership and gone well when am i just avoiding confronting them because i'm insecure versus you know when is there some genuine warrant for keeping some space and generally it is the first one where it is predicated on some desire to not do the thing that i don't want to do and so what i did is i i got this person's phone number and i gave that person a call and and it turns out that there's a reason for going downstairs and doing their thing you know they've, they've got a little bit of stuff going on and and they're not in a position in the context of their lives to dedicate the appropriate time and commitment to coming upstairs and doing the class so it speaks to that idea around expectations as coaches and athletes and maybe in the past we've been guilty of bad-mouthing a, a lack of effort or intent from a client and even ourselves But ultimately, it's like there's context, there's environment, and yes, the pod has its place. The pod has its place because it's relevant to our expectation.
2: Totally, man. Yeah, I think the more I, I, the more I coach, the more I've I've been in the industry. Like for me, the training has become uh, less of the focus Mm -hmm. and more like the vehicle. Um, because it's just human development. It's like personal development, but training is the main vehicle. Um, And then I consider, like, you know, how can they train, when can they train, to what level can they train, but there's so many other things that's going on in every individual's life that you really cannot ignore, and it's easy enough to do that when you're looking after a a group, like a tribe in the gym or even a group in the class – um, because it's it's more efficient to look after a herd if you've got, you know, a few principles that you should kind of um, or, or rules that you can measure everyone against. But, fuck, so much shit going on right now. Yeah. Um, I know the coaches here are really mindful of that, especially in the past couple of years. But, yeah, man, there's so much shit going on that mm. there's there's infinite reasons why someone isn't prepared to be in that class, eh?
0: Yeah. Shit going on societally, culturally. What are you getting Society,
2: at? Societally, culturally, personally.
0: Yeah. You know? You don't Like COVID and rising yeah. interest rates and shit. Exactly.
2: You know? And uh, yeah. I think I've heard every story. And, but fuck, there's just more people coming up that, you know, have financial issues or relationship issues or work issues or just internal issues. And, um, you know the gym is not just a place for you know developing your physicality it's, it's all that other stuff and it always has been mm. well no matter what you label it
1: yeah yeah no totally i'd be curious if we could all kind of have a reflective moment and go like when in our lives have we been in that position where we've needed the gym or training for another reason apart from
2: awesome ring muscle ups all the time man all the time all the time mm. yeah when I'd, I think about it
0: I'd agree you're probably biasing towards different things at different times <clears throat> yeah as you're biasing towards chasing down a specific ability or movement but then sometimes you're just keeping yourself on track with a routine and a habit um, you know because you know it's good for you even though you, you're not working on something specific or you even don't want to be there but I would say it's always woven into it.
1: Mm.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah. I've
2: I've, g- I've got to blow out energy. Mm-hmm. I've got to run. I mean, look at this physique. Right. It's like putting a fucking Ferrari in the garage and putting a fucking. Like a Black Panther. panther. You know? <laughs> putting a panther. little hood on the car and just letting it sit there. That's right. <laughs> mm. Sacrilege.
1: Mm. Yo, yeah, well, I think that. <laughs> I think <laughs> that. <laughs> Man, we gotta pull this one back from the Black Panther now. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go deeper on that, uh, that yeah. <laughs> What else a Panther's good at. <laughs> but I think that um, an important thing to communicate and like from the perspective of like we've just identified, like physicality or training, yeah. And adjusting your expectations throughout the year to serve you in different reasons. And what comes up for me when I think about the utility of physicality is um, in times when I feel the most angst and like it might have been following a like a really, uh, you know, uh, some really terrible news or something like that. I've often gone outside for a walk or jumped on the bike and the physicality is like, I'm not doing i'm not doing intervals on the rowing machine i am moving consistently without any expectations because i know that there is the physicality is serving me in some respect apart from like this you know endeavor for self-awareness or you know awesome muscle ups or whatever and like to the coach you might look at me going for a leisurely stroll and be like that guy's not working hard enough like he needs to run he needs to you know he needs to earn the workout or same thing on the bike like why isn't he doing intervals on the rowing machine but it's like that physicality while taking a different form is serving another purpose apart from how us coaches and myself personally myopically tend to look at training
0: yeah i'm are you getting at like there's a cultural thing there whereby if you're training it should look like this and if you're doing something outside of that people are like why are you
1: i think i think what i'm communicating is from my own perspective of like holding such a ridiculously high standard with regards to training and like not really having the empathy to see otherwise and like i said My fear was keeping me back from having a conversation that ultimately has been great because I'm like, oh man, I didn't realize there was all that going on. I was actually the asshole in that situation because I was failing to take the lead and empathize. And I think that, I think what's important is that you communicate your expectations clearly and then you empathize. Because I think it's important that people know where you stand. So, for example, if they come into a class at Jungle Brothers, the expectation is that you're going to interact with people. There's going to be an element of play and touch and you're here to, you know, have a good time and train hard. And you make it clear that those are your expectations. And then if you have someone not doing that, like we had in our instance the assumption shouldn't be that that person is an asshole the assumption should be on us as leaders in the space to lead with a bit of empathy start that conversation and say hey man is everything all right they know your expectations you've kind of done your job there but then that empathy piece is really important and i've failed miserably at that for many, many years as a coach, and I think now the last few uh, months, I would say, ironically, since communicating my expectations clearer and taking some leadership, and in some respects, objectively taking a harder line, ironically, has allowed me to be softer and more empathetic.
2: Can I ask? Do you have any inkling as to you said? You, you know, you, you said that you think you have failed this for some time. Like, uh, what's changed? And like, it, have you thought about, you know, what was going on with you at that one time, and then something that changed, and now you see things differently?
1: The best answer I can give to that is, I, I actually wasn't thinking about how I was like in that situation. Selfishly, I was kind of thinking about <clears throat> how can I be a better leader. And how can I face some of my own fears and insecurities? <clears throat> and I was, as I said, I wasn't thinking about myself in that situation. I was like, man, I, I just want to be a better leader. I want to be a, a better coach. And the next step and phase of that is having some conversations that I don't want to have. So it was, it was less about... It was less about what would i need in that situation when i'm going through some shit and more like how can i just be better as a as a leader in the space and then the downstream effect was not what i expected in the sense that in being as i said more willing to you know face confrontation and being more assertive it's allowed me to be more empathetic and soft which is a weird dichotomy but it's probably a more mature place to be. Fuck,
2: the vibe got somber in the last 20 minutes.
0: <laughs> Pod <Put> coffee.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a it's a good realization to have, but I like how you put it. Um just uh yeah, making expectations clear. But I, I'm trying to understand like what that looks like for you at the time. And was that you were a hard coach and you were at the front of the class, demanding high expectations of people,
1: I was I was a soft coach with hard expectations.
2: Oh, so you didn't verbalize those?
1: Yeah. Versus now, I feel like maybe what I'm, or growing you, into is,
2: with high
0: expectations. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I I kind of internal. Yeah. You're not actually a,
1: putting that forward. Yeah, I'm. I'm. You know, the opposite of that I, I have these hard expectations but I'm but I'm softer in the way that I'm you know managing people mm, which mm. I don't like the thing that springs to mind in this conversation is like <clears throat> I imagine that sort it's of it's like being a dad like you know you have these clear lines and boundaries but then you have this like real soft empathetic and nurturing side maybe you gentlemen can speak to that is am I drawing some fair parallels there yeah Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, I think that they're there in life
0: always, right? Like it's just kind of both sides of a person. But definitely I can say as a a father, they're perhaps amplified or more (laughs) brought clearly to the forefront Mm -hmm. where it's like your kid falls over, hurts themselves. it's time to be incredibly nurturing, you know. And then there's also times when it's, you know, whatever, set expectations, be a bit stricter, Mm. clear on things. Yeah I know, You've same. done it 16 times What do you think? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah It's It's the same Same but different Like if there was If there was a bit of a spectrum there Where you had Nurturing And You know High pressure of High level of expectations Maybe when you're coaching You've got to balance that Somewhere in the middle Whereas I think As a father You You're mainly nurturing And you're trying to sprinkle in The expectations You know Here and there mm. It's mainly nurturing yeah. Well <laughs> you find your ratio don't you Yeah yeah Yeah. We, know. All,
0: we all know those dads that have Whatever been hardcore disciplinarians And yeah. maybe lack the nurturing
2: Yes Yep.
1: Does but that speak to a maturity thing though That's kind of what I'm kind of driving at <clears throat> For the child No for you as, as, as men As, as fathers mm. Like the more mature you get The better leader you become The better you get at balancing those Two dichotomies
0: i wouldn't personally i wouldn't say it come i wouldn't say it's a maturity thing I see it as a as being as a communication thing mm-hmm. and being able to being able to articulate in your mind what you want from someone and then being able to communicate that to them so at times you might want someone to feel at ease and relaxed and not judged and you know and that's You know and supported and loved and that's the nurturing side but then at times you want someone to do something specific now is the time to do it Mm -hmm. and i need you to understand that it's that time yeah pick up the heavy shit and go yeah or maybe it's time to brush your teeth i'm not fucking telling you again Mm. you know like you know like that you know it's yeah so and, and i think that's just knowing what you want and knowing what it's time what the time is now um that, as a communicator, for me, definitely gets better as I get older.
1: Yeah. It sounds like the element underlying all that is this uh, this layer of self-awareness, right? Because it predicates that you know what you want. And to know what you want, you, to an extent, have to know yourself pretty well.
2: You know, I, I think now I can see the parallels with what you're saying about that person. Because... Uh, um, and your situation with the class mm. <clears throat> let me see if I can hang on to this thought because you're, you you want to be a good father and you know you know you need to behave a certain way to them sometimes you it 's not natural to be nurturing at a time mm-hmm. you know, and you might fail at that when the call is for nurturing and you 're going to regret that. And maybe that's you, like figuring out, realizing later that fuck, I I, I could have handled that better. I'm mm. not actually, um, I'm not actually serving that member, or I'm not, I'm not making the good headway with my relationship with my kids, sort of thing. But it doesn't come naturally. But ultimately, you want what's best for the both of you. So you go away and you think about fuck, mm. how can I do it? Yep. Maybe you'll read something, or you'll talk to your partner, and you'll come back and you'll try to apply something, something different. Mm. To the situation I guess that might be like Where you yeah it definitely. wasn't a big Change but it was because you wanted a Better outcome you're like I need To go away and think about this and then how do I do it better yeah and, and then you Start applying that and that's
1: why The word maturity like Just based on what Paulie described then in In <coughs> And you can kind of correct me if I'm wrong but in Another way what you said was You handled a situation That The outcome wasn't what you wanted it to be You had to then go away and reflect which requires maturity because it predicates that You have taken some responsibility for the outcome as opposed to just like yeah, what I was doing before which was Casting them off as an asshole and going like, oh, you know, you got to sort your shit out. It's like no no Be the leader be mature reflect on your actions come back to the conversation now yeah, with a clearer yeah. head and, and and an understanding of how we can manipulate an outcome manipulates a strong word but how we can kind of you know direct an outcome that's positive for the both of us and as i said i think that requires a, a pretty considerable amount of maturity but ma- maturity rooted in this self-awareness because as i said that that reflection piece of going like on a sec when, when was I quick to judge or cast this person off as an asshole or, or, And, you know, I imagine, as I said, kids would be very much like that where you're like, fuck, man, my kid's just being a little asshole But it's like, have you communicated your expectations clearly enough? Like, do they know, you know, um, where the lines are? And once again, the analogy being in the class, to do, do your members, do they... You know, do they understand your expectations? Have you communicated clearly? These are the boundaries. This is what we want out of this class. And then if you've done a good job of that, then generally speaking, the outcome's going to be positive for both coach and client versus when it's that, <clears throat> that wishy-washy because, you know, once again, I'll speak for myself because when I'm not, you know, uh, secure enough to be assertive and then the client does something different, And then I resent them. It's not a very mature way about going about that relationship. Mm. So to tie it all back, it's when I've started to take a bit more responsibility for that, have seemingly an uncomfortable interaction from the start and say, hey, like, you know, these are my expectations. This is how we're going to run things today. There's a security in that for the client and they can go, cool, I know where the line is. You know, I'm, I'm here to be guided within this experience now. And an, another example, which always sticks out to me, was when I was doing some training with Joey and I brought my dog along, Rain. And she was kind of doing her thing. She's a little bit unsettled, kind of every so often go and give her a little pat, make sure she sat down. And then she made her way over to a plant and started chewing it. And Joey's like, demeanor changed like that. And he's like, she can't eat the plant. And it was like, we are just having a chat. It was all good. And as soon as she started eating the plant, it was like, she can't eat the plant. And I was like, oh, okay. I know where Joey stands with dogs eating plants now. And (laughs) my respect for him heightened massively. It wasn't like I went, fuck, Joey's an asshole. Like, it's just a plant. Like, it was like, okay, there's a clear expectation. There's a clear boundary. I trust this person more now. I respect this person more. For you know Being clear with me And uh Rain hasn't touched
2: A plant since (laughs) (laughs) That was the last (laughs) time She was ever seen A jungle button (laughs) Uh. No he's always Been good at that And it's a good point I would say That I've had to work With on that Over the years But I can totally Relate to Mm. uh, Feeling a certain way Or About someone And someone's actions But not voicing it And then just quietly Being pissed at them Yeah And I just thought about that with the dog thing because, like, people's dogs started running rife in here, coming too deep into the gym too often, barking, distracting people. Molting. Molting. And I was, like, fucking getting cheesed off all the time. (laughs) Cheesed off. (laughs) Cheesed off. Fucking cheese. (laughs) Um, But, you know, eventually – well, he fucking put his foot down and he put up a
0: sign. Put up a sign. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's subtle. It's in the corner,
2: but they know it's fucking Official there. company policy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I said, guys. It's a step. It's a forward yeah. step, right? And it's not even a line. It's a sign. It's past this point. No dog's past this point. <laughs> I actually noticed that when I came in, right? Yeah. I yeah. noticed yeah. it, man. So you're doing a
1: good job. Thanks, mate. It's, it is very yeah. subtle. Maturing. It, maturing, yeah. <clears throat> yeah,
0: well, we don't want to... We don't... We, we try to avoid awkward conversations Mm. generally don't we as people and we also don't want to we try to avoid confrontation which usually involves a an awkward conversation but we also don't want to put other people out the paradox there is that we also know people crave direction and Mm. people crave people crave clarity and especially in a in an environment like a gym where you are guiding people no one people don't want wishy-washy they want i got 60 minutes here tell me what the fuck to do i come here cuz you tell me what to do and i trust you and it you, it's usually good so let's go mm. so in that so we bounce between that and i'm sure you can look at times in your coaching where you're like extremely assertive and clear in your communication and then you contrast that with Conversation you have with your partner on the weekend where you're like fuck I was all with your kids where you're like fuck why don't I just tell them what I actually wanted or what I meant <laughs> I said something to my stepdaughter last night to Hattie about setting the table and I said to her I asked her to set the table for dinner and she did it in part and then I wanted her to finish the job but the way that I asked her to finish the job was so wishy-washy because I didn't like want to offend her And I'm like yeah. Oh she's a bit unwell at the moment She's got a bit of a, She's got a flu A cold Am I like, oh, you know And so I like said it in this way And she understood what I meant But I just instantly was like What the fuck did you just say Like that was so unclear mm. You know And I was yeah. kind of critiquing myself instantly <clears throat> For just not saying what I actually meant Which was Hey can you finish that job Yeah You know Now Um so I think that that's a real practice, right? Mm. Kind of what you're
2: alluding to. Mm. Mm. I reckon the more, yeah, the more that you are, say, assertive and you make clear expectations of, you know, your classes in particular and of your clients, like I've found that the much happier I am, the much happier I am. And
1: the much happier they are
2: generally. And the, yeah, exactly. And the, it's better for everyone. And, and like I said, I was slow. I was the, I was the soft coach. With low expectations when I started, mm. and it took me ages to start to build my expectations as I got deeper into you know knowledge base of training and stuff like that, and there was a lag there with the assertiveness, but as that grew, and I've always taken Joey as the model because you're very good at it, you know that, Thank you. and I'm on the other end of the spectrum, that's why we work well together. I'm uh-huh. <laughs> um, young, baby, yeah, baby. Um, you know, and now like, you know, I'm just much happier coaching people get more out of it It's it's so much more fun and satisfying. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and you feel like when you when you do all of those things set the expectations and communicate Clearly mm. you have done everything you can. Yes, right? Like you're like I fulfilled like I, I controlled what I could control and Did my best mm. and that's not gonna guarantee that everyone whatever reaches the desired outcome yeah but it's like i did my best whereas the the other is i didn't really do my best mm. you like, you come away and you're like ah, it was a bit was like my conversation with Hattie. i'm like ah, i was a bit bit kind of stupid what i said then yeah you know or i fucking didn't run that class very well it was a bit i kind of didn't describe the workout or i didn't coach that thing very well waffled
2: i mm. mm. yeah. mean i'll tell you a, s- a funny side story because it's uh related last night Um, with my kid coming home from soccer training and, um, I fucked it up many times and I get frustrated, but now I've learned, and I think a lot of parents do this, um, consciously or subconsciously, but you learn over time. We get, I take him to soccer training on Thursday nights and when we come back, it's like a quarter to eight or later, Mm. 10 to eight, like bedtime should be eight thirty-nine 39 these days for him. He's 10. Um, but he needs to have dinner, have a shower. And, you know, do whatever And he has, like, a bit of a routine Where he does that, he reads He faffs about and shit um, it milks, he most, it. He milks, milks it Most other evenings But on soccer training night Like, we're way behind the eight ball And I've come back from soccer training And it's like, boom, all good, jump in the shower, mate Yep, and we'll have late dinner together And then, before you know it He's just carrying on Like, he's gotten home after school And he's doing this and that And it runs into a late bedtime and he's like kind of like what like stop hassling me type of thing Mm. over time i've come to give him the pep talk and it's like and in the in the car i was very very consciously doing because i do it all the time now but it took me a while but it's almost like transitioning from one section of the workout to another it's like a transition of evening uh kind of events and it's like, cool, soccer training was the you talk about it. And you're like, hey, so when we get home It's a, it's still a school night And look, it's already, it's almost 8 o'clock And we still need to go to bed at like, a decent time So what you need to do as soon as you get in there mm. Have your shower quickly And I'll hit up the dinner And then we'll have dinner But you can't, you have to get ready and go to bed Like, you know, you can't do what you usually do Yeah, yeah And it's just like basically telling him What we're going to do before we get there mm. And fuck, it just works so much better Yeah yeah setting those expectations yeah that uh
0: man i fully vibe with that even with leo at two and a half yeah if i if we pep talk him yes about what's gonna hey like yes. the other i had to take him to get a vaccine the other day and you know and it, you know like telling him the day before hey mate tomorrow afternoon we're gonna go to the doctor get get your vaccine you know and then that day hey mate this afternoon and it and when the times when you don't do it you're like oh my god like that whole situation just blew out because i didn't blows out yeah I didn't set their expectations (laughs) yeah how funny that yeah I can imagine that it you have these realisations but you still you still make these mistakes yeah like you forget to do the thing
2: here's my last tip on that is catch them either when you're walking with them or in the pram or otherwise or in the car Because at those times, they're the best times you can talk to your kids because they can't go anywhere. (laughs) and Like actually, walking my kids to school or back is when I have the best conversations. Yeah, right. Because as soon as they're home or at a destination, especially at home where they know everything and there's literally a billion touch points of things in their house that they could do, they can't concentrate. So when you're walking those little transitions is when you got to
1: do it. It's actually quite a profound tip because – as I'm reflecting now, some of my most challenging conversations in a relationship context have been when Haley and I are walking the dog together.
2: Mate, we're walking, it's the
1: best. We're out. You know, as soon as we get back home, like you said, you can go in your separate spaces. Yeah. But during those walks, there's no yes. escape really forces totally. you into that into that moment absolutely we had a nice walk and talk today we did have a nice walk and talk today even though the whole time i was like fuck man trying to get out of this sort of thing but i couldn't because i was on a walk that's right yes captive audience yeah right. well my you didn't know where you were
0: you were lost in the backwaters of botany
1: <laughs> 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 yeah well look my experience with kids particularly is in the context of um teaching in schools i've had a little bit of experience in those situations and and it's funny the parallels between teaching and coaching, also the differences, but the parallels particularly. And it's a soft teacher as well, right? And and particularly when you come in as a student teacher and you're having to control a bunch of rowdy Year Eights. If you walk in as a soft teacher, they they eat you alive. But towards the back end of my experiences, I learned that, and I saw this demonstrated. You know, you might get a, a casual teacher come in. And literally the first thing they say is, sit down, these are my expectations, if you want to talk, raise your hand, no phones, bang, 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 and it's all really explicit, and I started doing that, and lo and behold, massive difference, once again, kind of uncomfortable at the start, because it's, you know, this whole attention on me, and you don't know how the kids are going to respond. Are they going to think you're a, you're a, you're a hard ass, or you know they're not going to eat know. shit that <laughs> yeah. right?
2: But sit down, Jay Quillin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but dramatically different outcomes, just from and you like what I started doing is literally using the words. These are my expectations, and it's like the clearer you are with that and you might not use that with a two and a half year old you know or a 10 year old but it's like you do
2: yeah there you go i mean it's they understand it right yeah knee on the neck and everything yeah yeah yeah,
0: obviously you got the physical side (laughs) that's also reinforcing (laughs) the the big words
1: oh wow but yeah there's 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 value in it and as said for me it's a, something that i'll continue to practice but just in the few short months that i've really made that a conscious effort there's been some pretty dramatic uh changes for the better because of that
2: man it's cool it's such a good reminder just mm, for myself mm. um my mind's ticking over now i can't wait to coach the next class tonight <laughs> i cannot wait yeah i think um Great, like that
0: example of walking into a room full of kids or students and saying, these are my expectations, that seems quite nerve wracking. It's mm. much easier going to be like, oh, hey guys, how is everyone? Yeah. I'm so and so, I'll be teaching you today. Yeah. But that just goes nowhere to garnering any respect. Absolutely. Or letting anyone know what it is that you want. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Same thing with, with coaching downstairs. It's easy just to kind of roll into a workout and start showing people the workout versus going, hey, everyone, come over here. Let's talk about today's workout. This is what... Let me talk tell you what I want from it. Yeah. But it's the same shit.
1: Like, if you just roll into it, there's no expectations. Mm-hmm. It's loose. It's, you know... Well, the other example that I can think of in the last two weeks is... Uh, we did a, a competition workout called DT in CrossFit. Have you guys heard of DT? No. no. Five rounds for time. Mm-hmm. 12 deadlifts. Nine hang power cleans.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then six shoulder to overhead. The prescribed weights for the workout are 70 kilos for the gentleman. I think it's 50 or 55 for the ladies. 55, I believe. Yeah. And, you know. You How many rounds? Five, five rounds. Five rounds. You do something like that in a, in a crossfit gym. Like, not everyone's doing the RX weights, which is irrelevant, but it's meant to be a hard, challenging workout. And halfway through the workout, I was coaching it. People started changing their weights. And I was like, you can't fucking do that. <laughs> like that's, that's a no go. Don't you know this what is? This is? is my internal dialogue. Right. And you know, it was a 12 minute time cap. So it's short, fast and hard. And you know, 90% of the class had finished. There was still one person going. People started packing their weights away. And I was like, that's really bad etiquette, really bad etiquette. And this is my internal dialogue. I was like, what are these, what are these people doing? That's so rude. Eventually workout finishes and, you know, everyone does the sprawl on the floor. They're gassed. Um, and everyone packed up. And in my head, I'm thinking, man, I've got to have a conversation that I don't want to have. And so before everyone left, we sat down, did some stretching. I was like, guys, this is not to single out anyone. The people that packed away their weights or whatever, or changed weights, knew what they did. But I said, look, this is not to single out anyone. This is me Making my expectations clear for in the future. And I said, the first thing is don't change your weights in the middle of a workout. Be accountable to your decisions, you know, unless there's a really good reason for it, which, you know, we all know what a really good reason is in the context of that. But for the most part, it was like, it's getting a bit hard, so I'm going to change weights. So I said, don't do that. Be accountable to your choices. And I said, the second thing is in my classes, I think it's really poor etiquette to pack up before someone's finished. And as I said it was this I don't know 3 minute sort of conversation that we had at the end of class and and I was I knew I was walking on a fine line because I didn't want to upset or offend these people but it needed to be had. And you know I'm grateful that those people have come back to the gym and there's no kind of animosity or resentment. But once again, it just speaks to, this is clear. And as I said, I wanted to, it would be easier in that instance to just go, they're pieces of crap because they change their weight till they pack up. But they didn't know. Yeah, you haven't they told it. They didn't them. know. And it's like, a lot of the time, it is ignorance. It's like, maybe you get one out of every 10 people that genuinely is a bit of an asshole. It's pretty rare though, right? And like generally they don't last long in your spaces anyway, right? They're the kind of people that come in that for whatever reason they might have this, this ego that's a little bit inflated and you kind of go, hey, man, let's try this, try that. You know, they don't do it and you're like, whatever, like they won't last long. But most of the time it's like there's just an ignorance there and it's your failure as a leader to, to make people aware. yeah I think there's we've all got these examples right where when we took some ownership and got over ourselves the agitation you feel there is actually your
0: your flaw which is that you didn't tell them what you wanted right absolutely yeah I think that's important to always come back to is like well what what did I do or not do that allowed that to happen and it's usually on you Mm -hmm. extreme ownership man Jocko Willink hmm Not that I'm a huge fan of Jocko, but, you know, that's what the sentiment is,
1: isn't it? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this this morning, but the reason I love what I do as a coach is because the clients are mirrors and what came to me this morning when I was sitting as I was explaining to Joey. As he was throwing out the 15th coffee he'd made. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Discarded
1: like a Spartan baby. Oh, <laughs> just gone. <laughs> Not good no, enough. No, th- this morning was very different. I, I, I went for, for a walk with the dog and I found this beautiful bit of rock on Cronulla. Sun was just beaming down on me and it was great. I had this moment of clarity. And what was coming to me was like kind of my life's question, if you will. If I'm going to package it like such is who am I? That's what feels to me like my life's question. I don't know if it's the same for you gentlemen. And if it's not, that's fine. Like we're all on different journeys, but that feels to me like my life's question. And so I was like, coaching allows me to answer that piece by piece, right? It's like our clients are mirrors and they're reflecting back at us who we are. And to your point about the agitation around, uh, it's frustration at you know my insecurity to for confrontations. Like that the mirror was reflecting back at me and when I kind of recognized that I went, okay, this insecurity I have a choice now to to face this. So as I said, coaching is, is a big part of that for me in helping me answer who I am. Because I, I feel that well a lot of what we understand about ourselves is kind of predicated on what people show us,
2: right? It's the exact same Way I described parenting if we're going back to that mm. Which is kids are a mirror mm. And they give you the opportunity To address anything that was unaddressed When you were younger potentially Or your life before you had them mm. so It's the same thing mm. and, so, and as you said, same thing It's a choice, it comes up You can either ignore it And just keep going on the way That you, you've always gone mm. Or you can try and figure it out Go to the source of it And do what you've done
1: Yeah How does that sit with you In terms of this Idea of a, a life's question, if you will. Did I just get too esoteric or are we cool? For, we're still cool. Okay, cool. Definitely too <laughs> esoteric for me. <laughs> you know, I, but, you know, I've told
0: you this before, right? I, 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 I don't ascribe such meaning to coaching people. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that I see the importance, I, d- I give it any way late or importance. I just, for me, it's more of a, um, I don't know, it's le- it less... Yeah, there's less philosophy behind it, perhaps. Uh, But with your example there of the kid, I'm like, yeah, that resonates for sure. You know, the the mirror
1: piece. Well, I suppose coaching is a tool, like, regardless of how much importance you place in it, the, the question itself, like, what are we here for? Like, that's kind of what I was communicating, whether that idea around figuring out who we actually are, regardless of whether you do that through coaching or through kids or through Badminton or meditation. Like that question to me is what feels important and the question I had for you guys is whether that feels like a, a, a really prominent question in your lives re- irregardless of whether you do it through coaching or kids. Whether you've thought about it to that extent. I haven't. Okay. I haven't. Is the idea that you're
0: are you the way you see it there is that you're whittling away at discovering who
1: you are as a person through Mm. this process yeah and once again that the the process doesn't need to be the process of coaching it could just be like broadly speaking the process of being alive
2: i i have i would say especially because coaching did not come naturally to me i had to overcome like a lot of just fears of standing in front of people and being confident to fucking just deliver a program, like just public speaking alone. It was, it's definitely been a huge tool for me, for my personal kind of discovery of myself and wondering, you know, what are those, what are those, uh, those thoughts or, you know, why do you feel that you lack in this area? Why can't you speak on this Mm. with confidence and, and, and lead? So yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been something that's, that I've been grateful for very consciously coaching um, I don't know if I think like who am I while I'm doing it <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you know yeah. I see it as
0: I see it as the I actually see it as like the relationship is inverse in how I see it <laughs> okay it's it's inverse in that we can ascribe meaning to anything we want anything we do and so you can as, you can ascribe purpose to anything you do so you can say my purpose on this earth is to be an exceptional coach and to help people transform their lives. I'm going to be that guide for them. You can you can hold on to that is your purpose and that's, the, that's how you fulfill your purpose. Or you can be like, well, I'm going to make whatever my job is right now my purpose and I'm going to do the thing as well as I can and I'm going to like really own that thing. So in that way, I see... What you're sort of talking about in terms of your self-development through coaching, I'm like, yeah, that's a byproduct of you teaching people how to get strong and flexible. Mm. It's not the reason you do that, at least for, for me.
1: In I, my, I, I agree. My purpose is to figure out who I am.
0: No, my purpose is to run a sick workout so they can get hench. Yeah, and but the that byproduct this is- of that process is I'm. F- I am learning about myself as well, but it's not. It's not. This is what you mean by inverse.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, like I what's understand. The, what's the vehicle and what's the thi- the vehicle? You know, it, well, it's either or, right? Like that's the inverse thing. Like my purpose is to figure out who I am by delivering a sick workout. My purpose is to deliver a sick workout by figuring out who I am. It kind of works both ways. Yeah,
0: I, I suppose there's an. The, it implies though that. For me, I'm like, if I'm being honest about why I got into coaching, that's kind of, that is the thing that, Mm. for me, that's the thing. And then what I attach to that is, oh, yeah, I'm learning more about myself. I'm developing as a human.
1: You know what I mean? I actually do 100% know what you mean. And the reason I do is because my brother is very similar. My brother would not, you know, he wouldn't process it like I would. He would go... Jay, my brother, is a writer and he's like, I'm just going to get fucking really good at writing and produce this banger novella. And as a byproduct, he's figuring out who he is. So it's the same reason when you talk about coaching, it's like, I got into it, deliver a sick workout, and as a byproduct, I'm finding out who I am. Versus, I, I feel like I've always kind of started from the other end. I'm like, who am I? And then I'll figure that out by doing the writing or the coaching. And <laughs> there's a part of me that goes, you're wrong, I'm right. But it's like, no, that's that's that immaturity and that insecurity coming up again when ultimately, like, we're kind of both doing it in a way that is inverse but still relevant to the thing that we're all here for.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's maybe how you see – it's maybe your worldview mm. to an extent, right? How you see things, how – your narrative of yourself in this life play, you know and I think I'm yeah like I think you know we're probably quite fundamentally different in that way we're f-
1: we're f- I-, I think we're the same we just go about things differently but we're kind of arriving towards the same point
0: yeah absolutely yeah it's not like it makes us different people
1: and maybe it's the same with our clients as well like they think that to get X they need to go here but you're like no 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 buy into my process and i'll help you get there but it's like i don't know maybe if we i don't want to say take our hands off the wheel because we still have a responsibility to guide but for me personally maybe a practice would be like they're trying to get to where you're going bro like have faith and trust in them you can demonstrate your process and you can articulate why it might be valuable for them to follow the same thing but ultimately like trust that they're going in the same direction is that fair
2: It's all fair. They're all points of view. Mm. Yeah, none of it's invalid. A lot
0: of thinking points there. I think it's a good time for us to wrap it up. (laughs) We're going to pull the pin on it there.
1: Paulie needs to go make a pod. When do you go to the States? I go in five weeks, the 11th of July. How long are you going for? I'll be back on the
2: 16th of August.
1: Oh, let's let's revisit the
0: conversation when you get back.
2: <laughs> Can we get like a little like a, an animator to drop a cartoon of Serge by his window in the kitchen, tossing out a coffee and <laughs> looking out and it says, "Who am I?" Yeah. <laughs> I just keep thinking of that picture in my head. Oh, I love wow.
1: it. <laughs> I love that too. Yeah, you that'd know? be sick. Yeah, it would be sick. 48 minutes later
2: Dot 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 (laughs) Search still has no idea Who he is (laughs) (laughs) No I really appreciate The conversation though I
1: appreciate it too
2: fellas Thanks boys It's been awesome
0: Cheers fam